This is Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and daily life. I'm your host, Justin Lewis, a marriage and family therapist, and I will be talking today with Allison Russell. Allison is a, another therapist here at Compass, and this is her second time on the show. She and I talk about social media usage, as you probably know if you saw the title of this. But we covered uh, not only the, the downsides is what people would naturally go to, but we also looked at how it can be beneficial for people. And so how to really manage it in an appropriate way is the hope here. So that is going to be our topic for the day. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about this month's sponsor, Siva Fitness Academy. And one of the things about SIVA Fitness Academy is something called the SIVA Distance Project. According to the SIVA Distance Project, every runner is an experiment of one. So it's not not a one-size-fits-all. It's specific to what your needs are, whether that might be getting a personal record, PR, as they say, in your next race, if you're looking to qualify for the Boston Marathon, or if you're just interested in making sure that your form will be appropriate to keep yourself from getting injuries. Their certified coaches will put you on a path to become the runner you've always wanted to be. SIVA also does some uh, interesting things around the community. They, uh, not long ago, had a Pi Day run, which is a 3.14 mile run on Pi Day, March 14th, 314, one that I was able to participate in. I was by far the worst runner there. I hadn't run in years, but everyone there was so encouraging. Eric, the owner of SIVA, every time I made a lap, was encouraging to me, made sure that I got a pie, even though I was by far not the first one to finish the race. So they really are looking out for everybody, not just the superstars, not just the people that are gonna be zooming by. If you want to get into running and make that something that you're interested in, I highly recommend you get hooked up with SIVA Fitness. And you can find their information online at livebetterdieslower.com. And now here is my interview with Allison Russell about social media. Social media. Yes. Uh, and kind of cover it broad spectrum. Social media, maybe, uh, you know, people think about, oh, I'm listening to a mental health podcast on social media. Mm-hmm. The immediate assumption is we're going to talk about the ills, right? Yeah. But maybe we can even uh, touch on a few things about social media that aren't quite so bad as well. Because it's not all bad, right? No, it's not. It's just how you use it. Mm-hmm. So you uh, have done a little bit of work in the social media realm when it comes to some sort of project in grad school or something like that? Yes. Back when I was in grad school, no one knew what social media was, so I didn't have any uh, research to be doing that. I'm an old old man uh, here, so I don't, I don't I barely know what social media is. Don't even use it. Don't even have it on your phone. Don't even know how to download it. No, that's not true. I do know what it is. So let's start here. Okay. (laughs) Did you know that 
Last year, 3.5 billion people use social media. 3.5 billion people. Unique mm-hmm. users, as yeah. they say, Unique right? Unique users. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Which has okay. significantly grown in three years, where we were just at 2.78 billion users. That so very is, popular. Yes, it is very popular. It's interesting. You know, when it first started, it was mostly like college campuses. Yeah, right. right. I've seen uh, I've seen the social network. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know about Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. But yeah, so it started off that way, but now it's grown so huge. It's all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's in these third world countries. Yeah. If they have the internet, they can be on it, right? So mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping that. And uh, internet's everywhere. So it's really interesting to see just how broad-reaching it is. Speaking of watching things about social media, I watched a documentary not long ago called The Social Dilemma. Did you see this on Netflix? I don't know that I have. I know that it's on there, but I don't think that I watched it. Well, I watched it. And it's talks about it does talk about a lot of the downsides of social media and how it's like controlling us and how how they're like algorithms are in our brains and know what we want to see and their goal is to keep us on social media mm-hmm. sites and so I'm listening and watching all this and then after the documentary is over I got on my phone for like two hours. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't care. They're like, put up a documentary. They're like, I don't care. I'll get them on their phone anyway. Like, it's so powerful. So what do you think it is about social media that um, is so strong and why, why it has grown to 3 billion people in, over the world? I think it's really just like it's an escape. Like, it's a relief from some things, right? So, so Nothing just, new under the sun with that concept, right? Yeah. We've always looked for escapes whether or not Mm -hmm. it's been digital so yeah for sure and it's but it's also a way for like communication with other people it's a way to find out like stay on top of things seeing Mm -hmm. what's going on what are you doing is this something that i need to be aware of like it's you know just those forms of interaction with while you're sitting at home in a way staying connected we're mm-hmm. people that like to be connected to other others to some varying degrees yeah be in community if you will and mm-hmm. that's one way that it can be done and mm-hmm. so that's part of the positive i guess is that you yeah. can stay in touch with people mm-hmm. find people long lost people <laughs> yeah i know that like that's like my aunts and uncles don't use social media for anything other than to like keep in touch with like you know our family nieces nephews cousins things like that like it's just kind of a it's nice it's easy but even outside of communication like another pro is resources yeah you know you can find so many things like not just facebook but when you get on twitter and you're following people and they share something and then you it's just kind of like opens all of these doors for what you really weren't aware of and it's nice it's helpful yeah like say there's a people that share podcasts on social media yeah (laughs) per se let's just use an example (laughs) 
uh, it's a way to find information like that. So yes, that is, that is a good point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just grown and grown from, here's one of the observations I've had about a place that it grew was when the original generation that used social media got old enough to have children. They started having children mm-hmm. and then they would post pictures of them and their kids online of their adventures. Mm-hmm. And then the grandparents wanted to see these adventures. So they started signing up for Facebook in order to see their kids, kids, grandkids. Mm-hmm. And then they just saw the benefit. And then it just blew up from there, basically. Yeah. It's the was modern day way to stay involved. Yeah. It helped during the pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. It's a way to stay in touch with people. Mm-hmm. That's true. So how is it a problem anything that's an escapism it can come to be a problem obviously mm-hmm. just because it can eat up our time but. yeah not only it eats up your time but like even though it's a form of communication it you get so used to talking to someone you know via message or kind of just looking at what's going on in their life it's what about face-to-face conversations you know, like that kind of takes away from that because it's like, oh, well, I already know what's going on in your life, so I'm good. Right. <laughs> Check. <laughs> but then, like, also in that, you know, it can lead to mental health issues, depression and anxiety, um, you know, kind of self image concerns mm-hmm. of, oh, well, Comparison. look at what they're doing and look at what I'm doing. And it's, like you said, this big, huge comparison that can, you know, really turn negative really quickly. We compare someone else's best mm-hmm. to our worst Yep. Uh, many times in life. And it's so easy to do in social media. It's mm-hmm. like, you see pictures up or whatever. It's like, wow, that, that looks like everything's going well for them. But, yeah, but oftentimes it's not. It's not. No, you can... You can post a picture and make it seem like one thing, but behind that, it's like a completely different story. And I think that's what everyone forgets when they really get involved with that with Facebook or Instagram or like that is a choice. People get to choose what they put on there. Yeah. So you're not getting, you know, a complete and total view of everything that's going on with them Mm -hmm. they don't all now you know some people pose the bad stuff but not everybody does Mm -hmm. so and that gets forgotten yeah a lot of times people like associate it with teenagers and like to just blame the young generation with social media Mm -hmm. it's always like yeah teenagers can't get off their tiktok or whatever but you know what i know plenty of people that are older than a teenager they get on social media and TikTok and mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. And where do you think they learn that from? You know, you look at learned behaviors. It's yeah. just, if you see mom and dad on their phone and doing this, then you're like, okay, well, it's okay. I can get on my tablet. Right. And I can, you know, watch videos or see that. It just like, it starts so early and it just becomes this habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, there's always this judgment of, especially with kids on tablets and stuff. It's like, well, when I was a kid, we didn't uh, spend time sitting in there on the tablet. I was out throwing rocks or something. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really that. But I always want to be like, 
But if you did have a tablet, mm-hmm. you would have been sitting inside on your tablet. Yeah, you would have been doing the <laughs> yeah. same exact thing yeah. that these kids are doing now. Right. And it's it's a form of entertainment. You know, I think that plays into it too. It's just sure looking into the younger ages of things, adolescence, things like that. So a lot of research is done on the attachment style that you have Ooh. and the amount of like social media and amount of time that you're on social media and that you look to it so like if you have a secure attachment style Hmm. you're not really going to be on that because you're thinking more positively like you have like a higher level of self-esteem if you have but if you're have that insecure Hmm. avoidant type attachment then we're looking for something mm-hmm. you're looking for care affection love interaction commun- mm. like it's something that that drives Tangible. you to do so right mm-hmm. that plays a key role in things too yeah it makes a lot of sense i hadn't mm-hmm. read that research or anything but yeah it makes a lot of sense that the uh attachment style would transfer to that because one of the things people are getting out of that is the dopamine yeah um seeing the notifications and mm-hmm people commenting and those sort of things yeah but to and playing off of that so when you see those notifications and you see people reacting to those things that can either make you happy or make you really sad or it can make you mad (laughs) right because they're not giving you always what you think Mm. some people aren't always going to like what you post yeah that's true you know and if there's been some like correlation between the reactions that you get on things that you post, like number of likes or mm-hmm. whatever, to how you're interacting outside of that and how you're interacting like with your family. So if you're frustrated at this, you can easily project that mm-hmm. onto the people that are actually like sitting around you because you're not happy, you're not satisfied with something. Or vice versa. If you're really excited about it and you feel good about it, you know, you're going to tell them about it. You're going to be in a better mood. Hmm. So if you post something and it's not getting the reaction that you want, you're going to be a little irritated. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that can come out at people yeah. around you. Yeah. What about like social media arguing? <laughs> <laughs> It's hard for people to make a case that it's good, but is there anything that we can talk about as far as ways to get around it, ways to, I mean, right, wouldn't the vast majority of the people agree that it's pointless, like it's not going to lead to anything? Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe some people think. Some people may take something away from it. I really posted this thing and changed somebody's mind or, you know, it's mostly not that. It seems to be either one way or the other. There's no, like, really in between sometimes with it. Like, you either, Mm. yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Or, like, no, absolutely not, and this is why. Very polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, gosh, I don't really know if there's a way to get around it. Because, you know... Sometimes people just feel the need to respond. They want to get... I sometimes have found that typing out a response and then deleting and it... And then erasing it. There's some. I'd like to know this. I need to talk, do some research or something because it, it seems like there's a psychological mm-hmm. need 
that's filled yeah just well, by writing it even if you don't post it and obviously that prevents a lot of problem if you don't post it yeah well I mean I mean that makes complete sense because just like you know we talk to a lot of people of if you can't say it out loud you can write it and Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want with that you can keep it you can throw it away you can but just getting it out Mm -hmm. is beneficial because then it's not just playing over and over in your head and you don't look at it as well I never got that out I should have said that you know, if you type it out and then you delete it, it's like, well, you got it out of your system. I got it out of my system. You know, I said what Didn't I needed have to, to say. Create a conflict with someone that you went to high school with, or you don't have to have an awkward uh, <laughs> interaction with <laughs> somebody next time you see them, or you both kind of know you had this weird, yeah, just uh, otherworldly kind of argument, and then you come back into face to face, and it's. You don't know how to approach that because it's yeah. just like, do I act normal? Do I, act like, do I talk about the argument that was had on social media? You know, it's kind of like this other mm-hmm. reality yeah, in a way. And people see it that way, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes those arguments lead to, you're not going to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they voice their opinion out there for everyone else to see mm-hmm. and to react to. And especially if it's something that's against what you're saying, mm-hmm. it's kind of... I don't know it takes you back a little bit i don't want to say like well depending on who the person is if you're close to them sometimes that can be like a little embarrassing like well we're supposed to be close and we're supposed to know each other and we have completely different views on this and now my view of you my view of you has changed yeah i think it definitely has contributed to polarizing uh, political stances, oh, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. back when I was a kid, for sure, you knew like who somebody's, you know who like the other your neighbor supported. Like every four years, when they put a sign in the yard, maybe. Yep. <laughs> or had a bumper sticker like for a month <laughs> leading up to the election, right? Uh-huh. Not even this like flag year round kind of stuff. Even it was just like, all right, put a yard sale out for or a yard sign out for a month. You know, that was like the way that you knew who mm-hmm. somebody supported, basically. Yep. Now, all you day, every day, you've got different things and opportunities to know where somebody stands. And mm-hmm. so I think that has created an opportunity for more division with uh, people in general, especially in kind of uh, political scope. Absolutely. And again, it's that it's one way or the other, and it's really hard to be in the middle. Very polarizing. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. So, yeah, it kind of contributes to some of those. I have a client, and he recently was telling me that he (laughs) found himself being so, like, irrationally passionate about sports. He was, like, arguing with people on Facebook and stuff. He's like, (laughs) you know... I need to just scale it back. And he said he hadn't watched as much sports and doesn't get into that as much anymore. And so, I mean, whatever. But that's just a sign that it just provides an avenue for causing problems. Yeah. Do you have clients where you were like, you know, maybe you should just not be on social media? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially my teenage clients. Is that but even I possible for teenagers, couple, though? Huh? I mean, is that even possible for teenagers to not be on social media? Um, it's very hard because they're like, it's my life. Um, I mean, to some degree, though, it's like... It's what I they grew know. up with. It it's is. what they grew up yeah. with. It's, how, it's like... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because I don't want to use like that. Everyone else is doing it, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. on one hand, it's like you, to some degree, have to know what be able to associate with your classmates without being a freak. You yeah. know, like yeah. So I don't know. I don't. It seems like finding a way to balance it mm-hmm. is ideal, but but it's hard. Yeah. You know, I think it's just you do it to fill your spare time. Even like if you're outside doing something, you probably have your phone. Yeah. You yeah. you know, you are just like, Oh well, I'm just gonna scroll through for a minute and see what everybody else is up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is it's really difficult, um talking about finding that balance and being like, Okay, like set a schedule for yourself. Like, you know, if you feel like you need to be on your phone, like or do something, set a timer. Mm. Look at the clock and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to give myself 30 minutes and I'm going to scroll and then I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to go do something. I know I do that. Mm. I'll like look at the time and be like, okay, I've got 10 minutes and then I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to like check and do whatever. And then I put my phone down mm. and, um, you know, go do something else. But getting in that kind of routine, like really can start to shorten the like large amount of time that you're spending on it. Sure. Mm-hmm. The need for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Those are those are good uh, strategies. I have time away from technology. I'm not going to say I'm above anything because I'm on my phone a lot, <laughs> and I get so distracted by notifications. I think it has like totally destroyed my attention span. Mm. There is. Um, a time though when I'm riding my bike I've got my I do have my phone with me just because it's like what if I get a flat tire or something you know yeah it seems stupid to have a cell phone and not take it with you when you're out Mm -hmm. right yeah (laughs) for the like main purpose that cell phones were invented just like what is it for if you don't have (laughs) it with you you're not going to use it in an emergency (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) kind of counterintuitive but I do have it uh, in my pocket and I'm just like no volume, anything, just taking it in, mm-hmm. riding my bike for a few hours, hour, whatever. And it's uh, kind of nice to not even have it as a temptation nearby. But, um, yeah, it's it's something you have to be intentional about, I think. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'll just be on your phone. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. It's a hard choice that you have to make and just being like, I know that it's there. But like, cause also like how many times do you find that you'll turn something on and then like you'll watch it for a few minutes, but you'll still have it on as background noise and then you'll kind of just get on your phone to scroll. Mm-hmm. Or like, what was I doing on my phone again? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh um, yeah. I need to look something up. And then it's like, but it's a rabbit hole. And then you're like, yeah, and then you're like, oh, I'm scrolling. I'm, mm-hmm. Wait, well, why did I even get on this to begin with? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then you have to backtrack and re- retrace your steps <laughs> yeah. a little bit. But it's nice to kind of to unplug. And I think in that, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, I need to go on, on vacation. I'm going to unplug. And I'm like, you can do that at home, too. <laughs> you can unplug at your house. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people feel like they have to go to the extreme to mm-hmm. like I get have away. to get out of the state go to the and beach. away from I'm gonna go, home. I'm gonna go to the beach and mm-hmm. uh, turn my phone off. Yeah. Okay. Or you could like just kind of go to your backyard and turn your phone off yeah. too. Yeah. You know, you get it's a choice. You can make the choice not 
to be on it as much. Right. Yeah. Find a way to not Mm -hmm. be on it. Yeah. Because even it, like at the beginning, people use it as relief. People use it as an escape. But there's still so many other things that you can do Mm -hmm. to have a, you know, an escape for yourself. Right. That are way healthier. Mm hmm interact with other people communicate be a part of what they're doing rather than just like looking at what they're doing online yeah right be fully present i'm bad about that yeah i'm so bad about that i catch myself trying to be better confession time for me i'm in my on my phone way too much like during lunch when we're sitting in the lunchroom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) she's agreeing with me (laughs) But I also think, like, in that, if if you're working for this period of time and you don't really get a break, so, right? Yeah. So you're kind of just like, you catch up on things. You're like, right. well, I have True. the time to, but you also have the time to have conversation, not be on your phone. Correct. And sometimes also in the mornings, so some, like, part of my work is on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally, like contacting clients making sure whatever but that easily slides into send message to client oh notification on facebook oh scrolling on facebook Mm -hmm. so it it does take just self-discipline and paying attention to what you're doing because if you're not paying attention it's just like anything else in life if you don't pay attention you're going to default into either self-protection or self-gratification you know, and yeah. it's just going to be like whatever it's most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's not always what's best for us. No. Well, usually not what's best for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> Unhealthy habits. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It can be, social media is great in some aspects, but I think it's just, you have to set a boundary with it and a limit. And, you know, asking your yourself like, okay, how much is this like, a part of my life how much is this kind of like taking mm-hmm. over am i more present on my phone or am i more present in the moment because yeah. you can get lost in your phone and you can look at everything else that's going on um or yeah. you can also act like go out and experience it yourself mindfulness right yeah. we talk about mindfulness that's one All of those buzzword mm-hmm. kind of thing, things but really what it is is just being present in the moment mm-hmm and being on your phone is the opposite yeah. of being present in the moment. And uh, I think about that sometimes. I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan, as some people might know. Uh-huh. And uh, that documentary that uh, came out last year. Oh, yeah, The Last his, Dance. Uh, the Last Dance. Mm-hmm. I think it was his trainer, like one of his personal trainers. And he was like, you know, Michael Jordan, obviously great athlete. He said, but I think his genius was his ability to be present in the moment and like not think about, dang, I shouldn't have missed that shot earlier or Mm -hmm. what are people going to think about me if I miss this shot or whatever other things in the future that he can't control. He was saying like just his ability to be so intense and present in the moment is what made him great. Mm -hmm. And so I try to think about that sometimes. And being on your phone in the moment does not make you great. It makes you lazy. <laughs> not so much. You miss all miss those out moments. Stuff. You miss on, on a lot of stuff. And we think, here's another one, we think that we can balance it. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I first, this is stupid, but I remember when I first really realized that, no, you can't balance it. You're missing stuff. Mm-hmm. 
is I was watching a TV show and then I was also on my phone and then like I realized I have no idea. I thought I was paying attention to both. Mm-hmm. It's like I have no idea what just happened for the last like five minutes. I need to rewind. And then I thought, oh, well, if I missed out something on a TV show, I'm also making missing out on stuff when I'm in conversations with people as well. <laughs> when I think I'm catching everything I need mm-hmm. and doing both, I'm really not. So yeah. even when we think we can multitask, we're really not doing it, I don't think. <laughs> it's very so. hard to mm-hmm. be, I mean, like it's a split of your attention, of mm-hmm. paying attention here and paying attention there. It's very, very hard to do. That, yes, there's got to be a connection there between losing attention span and being on social media. And then it just kind of like perpetuates, right? Yeah. A low attention span is going to cause you to jump on there and then being on there just like conditions you to have a little attention span. Yeah. And so, yeah, one more reason to limit yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're, not, we're not over here saying... Completely shut yourself off. Absolutely not. We're saying find some limitations. Balance. Um, find some appropriate expectations of what you're mm-hmm. going to get out of it. Yeah. Right? That's another thing, too. It's like if you post something and then, like, you have a certain reaction to it and then you get, like, anxious or upset about that, I mean, nobody but yourself to blame in yeah. a way, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it know, all. Yeah. No one, uh, no one has... Uh, owed you anything when it comes to how they're going to respond to your I mean within limits you know mm-hmm. not owed anything on how they're going to respond so you're just going to drive yourself nuts if you um, get concerned with that oh yeah anything else you'd like to add um, you know I think we really hit a lot of things we did yeah So, yeah, just finding your own balance. It's okay to be on your phone. (laughs) Just maybe not all day, every day. That sounds like a great way to end this show. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm going to go get on my phone. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I'm going to close everything and go check my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. This has been Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and life. For more episodes, you can find the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we are also on social media sites, Facebook and Instagram. Website for the show is mappinghealthyminds.com, which has access to all the episodes that we've recorded so far and a little bit more about the show. Thanks so much for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, give us a review or tell a friend. It's the best way for us to pass the word on to other people. Mapping Healthy Minds is brought to you by Compass Counseling and is produced and hosted by yours truly, Justin Lewis.